0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is October 25th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. And uh, I don't know if you know who Jesus is, but if you're new to all of this, we do encourage you to get to know him today. I have to give you the bad news. I have to start with the bad news first. Here's the bad news. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we deserve eternal separation from God for eternity. Here's the good news. The good news is our debt where sins have been fully paid for by the finished work of Jesus Christ. What he did on that cross, he died for our sins, was buried, and was the only person in the world who has risen in a fully glorified body on the third day. If you believe in your heart that this happened and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are saved from eternal damnation. You will be a new creature in Christ and start to live for him, not for yourself, not for the world. So please come to believing in Jesus Christ today. Today, we welcome special guest Shanna Henning to Uptime. Shanna comes from the entertainment industry, where she had been subjected to a lifestyle that consisted of high cocktail parties, clubs, famous actors, rappers, NBA players, lots of money, and toxic dating. She was part of an abusive relationship and endured so much anguish to the point she didn't want to live anymore. So... We welcome you to see how she came out of this abusive relationship and when Jesus be- began to call her name. But first, I would like to open up with our usual uptime panel, and we bring back Brother Bob Barber. Welcome back, Brother Bob.
1: You hear me now? All right, good.
0: <laughs> and yes, we do hear you now. Thank you. And of course, Michael Pells.
2: How you guys doing tonight?
0: We're doing good. I'm doing good, and uh, of course, brother Kevin Hookman. Good evening, all. And um, we do have Robert Hagen. I think we have him here. Uh, Robert, are you there, brother?
3: Yes. yes, I'm here, gentlemen. I'm here.
0: What happened to you? Where'd you go?
3: Well, it seems like I'm 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 kind of walled in right now.
0: <laughs>
3: are you? Are you? Are you?
0: The, are uh, you, are you Are you a watchman?
3: Yes, I'm a a watchman on the wall. (laughs) I'm actually a watchman (laughs) behind the wall right now.
4: It looks like you're a watchman
0: in the wall. (laughs) Robert, reveal yourself.
3: Okay.
1: See? He was in the wall. Yeah. You're stuck in the wall. I mean, he's taken yeah. it
4: to another level. I mean, this Man. guy is a watchman in the wall.
3: <laughs> well, I've been told that at times. That I've taken things to other levels, <laughs> even wow. by you, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good to, good to see great. you guys again. That's something so, else. God bless you. Sir. It's wonderful <laughs> to be back with my brothers and uh, a special guest tonight. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, be great. Well, we're
0: glad to have you here, brother. And uh, of course, we have the uh, scripture up here, First Corinthians 15, 1-4, from BibleGateway.com. And um, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have ye have received when you had believed, when you where you stand. And by which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I have received. Also, now that Christ had died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Amen. And God bless. That is the gospel truth of Jesus Christ. So, um, I hope you all had a great week. And... um yeah we have we have a special guest tonight and uh, uh, we're gonna bring her on and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world what's going on with uh, with the signs in the heavens and we will get into that as well okay but uh, Sh- Shannon we will uh, be discussing her testimony tonight and uh, we welcome Shannon Henning welcome sister yeah oh, you're unmuted there uh, we go there we go All everybody right. hear me she's, she's live she again
5: yeah. Oh, good, good, good. We're glad no, to have oh, you, sister. Yeah. Thank oh, yeah. you for coming
0: on to, yeah, to share your testimony. And uh, it's just a, an amazing thing that we can be able to share how how we came to the Lord, right? I mean, this is something that is very important. Um, it's, it's important also to talk about, you know, end time stuff, eschatology, uh, what's going on in the world, how close we are to the soon coming of Jesus Christ but it's also important to share our testimonies because some people are in were in the same boat that we were we once were in and you can explain this to uh to a lot of people i think uh there will be a lot of people who can relate to this and uh i do have actually some phone numbers uh that uh i think will be important for anyone who had been in, involved with an abusive relationship at one point <laughs> in their life so let's let's get right into it. Um, Shanna, please go ahead and give us a little uh, update and, and let us know how you came to know the Lord.
5: Sounds great. Thanks uh, so much for having me uh, tonight. I have been watching you guys. Thanks to Brother Breaker. He has totally given me a new perspective on studying the Bible and learning scripture and studying the word and believing in the word. And uh through him I found you guys. So I really enjoyed your, you know, Tuesday night powwows. So uh and I, of course, thanks for having me on. I think it's important to finally get get this information out. Um <clears throat> so I, I I guess I'll I'll brief you on a little background, um kind of how I was raised and how I kind of fell off the rails and then now I'm in the best place it could ever be, especially with everything going on in the world. Um so I, I actually grew up in, in Oklahoma, a very humble family. I love my family. Grew up out in the country. Um, we went to church religiously every Sunday. Uh, I was in Bible school. Um, I have uh, a younger sister and her, her and I actually got saved, um, about actually together, but we were about eight and 10 years old. So it was basically, um, we went into the, you know, the, the pastor's uh, office at the time and it was a kind of a peat and a repeat repeat after me. So we got saved. I knew the stories. I knew Jesus you know was nailed to the cross. I knew he died for our sins. Um, and I knew the basic understanding of like Noah and the ark, right All the I call them the Jesus tales. they're kind of what you go to school and you learn you know the, the important um, highlighted books of the Bible. So I was familiar. Um, I just don't think I ever had that personal relationship with the Lord, um, especially once you know I grew up and my career kind of took off. So, um, sister and I were saved. Uh, grew up, fast forward. Um, you know, did did the ballet class, did the music, the acting, all that stuff, and and was kind of excelling at it. So I kind of found my niche really early on. Um, and I just thought, oh, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. So I kind of put all my focus and energy into uh, my career and succeeding. Um, and so that kind of took off. So uh went to school in Oklahoma, went to college. And after I got out of college was basically, I just wanted out, I wanted to spread my wings and fly. I wanted to see what the world had to offer me. So um Started auditioning, um, moved to Orlando, Florida, was auditioning regularly. Uh, career took off. The Lord has blessed me with so much talent coordination. I give all my glory to him. Um, and things were just really picking up for me. Um, I moved to China. I did a tour overseas for two years. I was visiting all these countries that I had never even heard of. Um you know, meeting people from all walks of life. Life was pretty good. Um, I came back and uh, came back to Florida after living in China for a couple of years, and decided to audition for the NBA. So um, I was an Orlando Magic dancer for five years, non-consecutive. I did some things in between. Um, then my lifestyle kind of picked up a little bit. Um, travel was picking up. I was meeting more people you know, engaging in, um, you know, more outings. I think, you know, the whole boy band scene was picking up at that time, the Lou Pearlman and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I was dabbling in some things, trying to get to meet people, um, was dating and I just was dating the most toxic people you you could ever think of. So I always was leaning basically, on my career and my talent. And that was always like my validation in in the world, my, you know, how I was accepted. So my personal romantic relationships were just falling apart one by one. Um, However, I did, uh, at at one of the uh, magic games, I met a local um, news anchor at the time. Obviously they would, you know, beat the games and do recaps on the nightly news. And so met him, we were sitting under the same, you know, bench and, you know, he asked to go out and I said, great, let's, let's date and see where it goes. We ended up kind of falling for this man and spent, you know, six years of my life dating. Um, it seemed great. Things were good. Um, he lost his job in Orlando and just said, hey, I've got this new opportunity in Las Vegas. Do you want to join me? And I thought, ooh, Vegas great. That's right up my alley, you know, dancing, entertainment. Um, so sold out, sold my house, um, moved to Vegas, joining the, at the time, the love of my life. Um, so he, his career kind of took off and then I started auditioning and landed a show the second month I was out there. So I really dug my heels in, um, got to know the city, got to know the cast. Um, you know, super fun, got to dress up in, you know, feathers and rhinestones, and I felt like my game is back on. Here we go. So world was just feeding me all this goodness. Um, Had a couple of crazy years. Um, You know, the cast was a lot of fun. The, you know, the entertainment industry, um, and I know because it's all I've dedicated my life to for 20 years, we are very special people. Um, I have some wonderful relationships um, that I've, that I've pulled out of my show, but we are just very special people. It's very complicated. It is an industry. Um, I'm just going to be honest. It's an industry of pure sin. Um, not everyone, but there is, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of vanity. There's a lot of, you know, self, love and putting me above everyone else and a lot of you know um corrupt ways of thinking and so I was always in that you know my 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 sissy when I talked to her she's like you know she called it the devil's den and I never knew at the time what that meant and then looking back I'm like yeah being right in the heart of just surrounded by sin I mean I'm in sin city what kind of Christian wants to go live in sin city so um kind of did, did that, I, I believe three or four years, um, had my time, the man that I was dating, same guy, lost his job again, toxic relationship, um, said, I'm going to move to Seattle. Why don't you join me? So I thought, okay, this, this is great. I'm, you know, starting to get cortisone shots and things are falling apart here. So I will I kind of give up and I'll retire. Okay. So, um, The phrase we use is, I'm going to hang up my heels. So I went to my asset, my stage manager, and I just said, look, I'm, you know, I'm moving away with, with the love of my life. I'm, you know, I was, I believe I was 30, say 39 at the time. So, um, I gave it all up, followed this guy to Seattle and I was, I was miserable, (laughs) miserable. Um, during my last week, this is how funny the world works. The last week of shows, I had the the, the man that I'm going to talk about tonight um, was actually in the audience, and he went to uh, an usher who then asked the stage manager, can you pass along this business card? Um, I think that was Shanna Henning in the show, and they said, sure, why not? So they brought the business card back, and... You know, they're, they're pretty tight on security around there. There's some crazy people. Um, And he said, you know, I need to know, do you know this, this guy who wants to say hello? I said, oh my gosh, that's, you know, blankety blank. I went to college with him and it's a true story. The toxic man I'm about to introduce you to, I, I actually went to college with, he's from Oklahoma, born and raised just like me. Um, and I actually knew him in school. We were just, we were just friends though at that point. Um. And so we kind of connected at that point. I met his wife at the time. His wife was with him. We exchanged information. Um, but, you know, I already retired and was packing up my life to Seattle. So we remained friends. Um, but just kind of talked, you know, randomly. How's life? What's new? Things like that. So um, fast forward. I moved to Seattle. Uh, things are not going well at all. I have um, given up, you know, uh The only thing that I knew, the only thing that was fulfilling my insides, the only thing that made me feel whole. And that was my career, my dancing, my entertainment, my friends. Um, And so I'd given all of that up and this man could not give me anything. And I just felt empty. I felt um, I was miserable. I had no soul. I had no validation. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. Um, And so had the conversation after six years of pretty much dedicating my life with him. Um, You know, he was by my side with the death of my dad. My daddy was like amazing. My everything Um, lost my Grammy like a year later. So my family was kind of dwindling away. So really felt like I didn't have anybody at the time Um, putting, you know, my faith in this man mistake number one. So we kind of fell apart it was not for me the city was not for me i just i could not find i could not find my place so meanwhile back burner um this other man was kind of reaching out to me and was like here i'll help you through your mess you know so he was kind of my counselor you know i think i'm going to go home for a while kind of reset my life um reprogram get a new plan you know talk to mom talk to the family move somewhere else. So um, maybe I'll put my heels back on. Who knows? So I go back to Oklahoma and it was kind of my first set of resets. Then I say goodbye to the ex, enter new toxic man, um, probably the worst man I've ever met in my entire life, um, persuades me to date him, um, come out to you know, come out to Georgia, come out to Atlanta. You'll love it out here. Um, You know, I'm working. I'll, you know, we'll get you a place, you know. Um, I'm going to enroll in seminary is what he told me. And, you know, he did. Um, I thought, oh, this is great. Guy from college. It almost felt like a small piece of home to me. It was um, same culture, he was going to seminary school. I was like, how bad can it be, right? So fast forward again. Now I'm going all the way from Seattle to Atlanta, Georgia. And at this point, I am a lost soul. But hey, what can I lose? You know, spread my wings and fly once again. So um, I move in. Uh, or actually, I get my own apartment. So um, I've sold the house and everything. So I have nothing to my name. So I get my own place. And we start dating. Um, and this is pretty much the start of um, where I just, I, I lost myself. So um, I guess the best way I can describe it is um, I'm, I'm a hardcore empath. I didn't know some of th- these things. I met a great pastor out here in Vegas um, that kind of mentored me and helped me through scripture on um, personalities and walks of life. And um, I kind of got to know um, what narcissists are and, and how they kind of prey on certain people. Um, and so I was, I was his prey for a while. So he had uh, two beautiful children. They were uh, six and eight at the time. Um, I don't have children. I, I don't know what that role is like, but all I knew is that I love people. I love humans. I love little girls um can't be that hard so he immediately introduced me to his lovely little ladies who I pray for daily to this day um and then um we you know we started the toxicity started right away um he came home and said i really want you to move in with me i'm tired of the separation of the apartments i'm going to be going to seminary school so i'm going to need help around the house i'm going to need help with the girls um, what do you think about moving in? And I was like, okay, well, I wasn't working at the time, paying for an apartment, um, paying for all these things. Sure, I could use the help financially, and I'd love to help the little girls. Uh, plus, I needed to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. I was still feeling stagnant, you know, alone, um, lost. So I agreed. So moved in with him, um, and. Basically, our days and nights were spent, um, making plans to, to go out all the time. Um, it started with, he was a member of an athletic club and it was adamant that every night he'd come in and pick out my outfits, um, dress me the way that he wanted me to dress. And then we'd go to this, you know, athletic club for dinner. Um, he'd walk in with, you know, the cigar and the suit and then the alcohol started rolling and he knew everybody at the club. Um, that was all new, new to me. I didn't grow up in a golf club. Um, I grew up with cattle and four wheelers was much more fun. And, um, so we, uh, we would go to the athletic club and he would force these women on me, which I had nothing in common with. Um, I'm not a mother. I'm not a mom. A lot of them were. So I was from this crazy world of entertainment where I had all these adventures and things and places and people to talk about. And, you know, they were talking about their children and the school bus. And it was just really hard for me to, um, to mesh and adapt, but I did the best that I could. Um, and that ended up leading to uh, a lot of drunken nights um, with him coming home in a rage. Well, why didn't you, why were you not talking with this woman and why were you not sitting by this, this person? I just kept thinking to myself that this is crazy. Like I'm doing the best I can. I I'm in Georgia. I don't know anybody in here. I've left my entire career. Half of my family is no longer with me. All my friends are back in Vegas. Like I'm doing the best I can. Um, and then he brought home, you know, weeks later he brought home a journal and he started journaling um, and he goes, I want you to read through this. And uh, I jotted down s- some problems and situations that I think you need to read. And so I started reading these journals and it was horrific. The things that were written um, was talking about um, how frail and um, broken I was and how I would never dance again, that I needed new direction. Um, basically, it was tormenting um me emotionally and mentally on those pages and it was almost like he would leave the journal open for me to read every morning. And that's when things started clicking into my brain. Um, I don't think this man likes me, like what is going on? I'm I'm told every morning over coffee about how horrible I am and how I can't get along with his friends. So um, the cycle continued, he would come home from work, the cocktails would roll he would make dinner. Um, At this point, if I didn't finish my dinner, he would make sure I finished my dinner. So he would come up and start shoving, you know, bread or rolls or whatever he made, telling me I'm unappreciative, that he put a roof over my head, that I'm not grateful for his cooking and his his food and things like that. So at this point, I didn't even want to eat at all. I just thought, gosh, what, you know, what have I done wrong here? He's force feeding me like a child. Um, he's degrading me, my character. Um, and then the isolation began shortly after that. Um, the isolation, um, went through my phone. He would randomly delete, you know, people's numbers. I don't memorize. I mean, we're so spoiled nowadays with cell phones, everything's memorized for us. So, um, beside my family, I didn't know anyone's numbers. So I've, you know, he's deleted these, these people out of my phone. He's, he was calling people, calling my exes, calling friends. I mean, people were blocking him. I was getting emails like, who is this man? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's invading everything that I had. Um, and so major isolation. Um, at this point, I was trying to look for an out. And I, I would like to talk to, you know, you guys about my first experience with the spiritual world. I have, I have two and it's pretty awesome. I didn't think it was awesome at the time. It scared me. But now looking back, that spiritual world is out there and it is real. So um, my escape basically was to walk down the street to, there was a forest and I would basically just walk through this forest alone, maybe with headphones. Maybe I would just talk to myself. Um, maybe it was just pure silence. And um, he kind of found out about that. So he started following me every time I would go. And one day he joined me and it was, you know, it was, he was telling me about, you know, once again, how awful, how I was isolating myself, um, not really mending well with his group. Maybe I should leave, go back home. So he followed me to the forest and he's banging out all these disgusting terms, F-words, You know, they flew out of his mouth like candy. Um, The C word, words that are just despicable to even repeat to come out of my mouth, to even tell the story was horrible. I felt so low. Um, And then all of a sudden, it was like this calming silence, quiet came over this forest. It was just he and I surrounded by trees. Atlanta has humongous trees, leaves everywhere. And it was like the world stood still. And he saw it as well as me. All of a sudden we looked to the right and this leaf, this leaf started moving on the ground and it stopped both of us in our tracks and it was just kind of bouncing around and there was not a wind in sight. And all of a sudden I looked down and it's almost like footprints were walking. You know how you walk on dirt and the dust kind of, I call them little poofs, little poofs of dust. Um, It was almost like you could see where the, it was invisible, but you could almost see where the footprints were crunching in the leaves. And I mean, it took our breath away, both of us. And then this leaf just was bouncing along with the footprints and away it went. And we stood and looked at each other and I'm like, did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that? And we never mentioned it. And Bob Barber, I'd love to get your opinion because you were the most animated man. And I think of you every time I tell this story (laughs) about the the bouncing leaf. But and to this day, I don't know what that was. But that was like my first spiritual encounter. Um, So we talked about that. We kind of worked through some things. Um, Then the physical abuse started shortly after that spiritual encounter. Um, For instance, I stopped going to the club. It was not my scene. I did not feel comfortable. Um, there were nights I would stay home and babysit the girls. There were other nights I would just be at home just waiting because I didn't want to deal with that. Um, one night in particular, I was in the bathtub and, and he came home from the club, had way too many drinks and, um, basically came in on a rage. I, I have no idea. I, I, to this day, I don't know what set him off that night. Um, pretty much basically, you know, grabbed me by the by the scalp and just you know big strong man too just lifted me out of the tub and I just remember waking up the next day I had bruises everywhere I was struggling out of this I'm like what what is your problem this was all new to me I, I did not grow up in an abusive home at all I'd never even been hit before um, but this man was violent that night um, that behavior continued um, basically, you know, every, every day, every evening, whether it be, you know, the degrading of my character or the physical, um, there were nights he we would come in in a rage and, you know, I would be in a chokehold because I was 10 minutes late getting home or I didn't call and say the right things or, um, you know, I didn't eat all the food or whatever. Um, it would turn into, you know, a, a chokehold and I'm the worst person ever. And then the next morning, the cycle was, you're the greatest thing that's ever walked into my life. You're the best on the planet. That's all I kept hearing was, you're the greatest thing on the planet. I journaled for you. Don't you want to read my journal? So that cycle began with the physical. Uh, one night in particular, he had lost his phone. When uh, come to find out he had plugged it in outside, but that night was pretty abusive. In fact, I, I recorded it. I finally got enough strength to push the video and record um, because I was learning about gaslighting. Gaslighting is a terrible thing. Um, it's actually happening to our country as we speak. And now I'm very aware of what gaslighting is, but um, it's basically, uh, you know, you tell somebody like, hey, go pick out a cat. Okay. You bring home the cat and, and he says to you, why'd you get a cat? And I say, well, because you told me I could get a cat. And he basically says, no, I didn't. And they persuade you so, so directly that you think you are losing your mind. You think you're crazy. He was king of gaslighting. Um, I didn't know If I was even right-handed or not, it was so bad. Everything that he would tell me, he would change his mind. We would go to the club and he would tell stories, blatant lies. And I was just appalled. I I didn't have a voice. I had nothing. I was shrinking by the day. My soul was gone. I was empty. I was mentally, physically, emotionally abused. Um, I remember a night slipping into bed and he had just attacked me uh, romantically that night. I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, after that was over, I looked in the doorway, um, beside myself. And I don't know if this was a Nephilim. I don't know what this was. It was the, the largest, broadest, humongous. I have goosebumps. Every time I talk about this thing was in the doorway of the bathroom, looking at me, black, broad, dark as if he was laughing over me. Like, I got you, you know? And I just remember, is this real? Am I seeing this? Because at this time I'm thinking I'm crazy. I've been gaslit. I've been, you know, physically and mentally abused. I'm like, I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I saw exactly what I needed to see and it scared the living daylights out of me. And I remember shrinking under the bed like a little child. Those fairy tales are real. And pulling the covers over, and I'm like, I just saw this spiritual thing looking at me. I felt like he was trying to take, you know, take me at that point. Um, and that's when when I think the self-worth, I, I had none. I had, you know, my whole life, I think I, I always looked to my career for validation. I always looked for the trophy Right. You put the number on, you go to the audition, you get the spots. Like it's all the world accepting me, right? It's 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 being in the presence of people and winning the award. And and when all that was gone, um, and then you turn to family to help you, you turn to friends, they can't help you, they can't save you. Um, so it's putting, you know, all my faith into the wrong things or people. So um Things are, things got so bad at that point. Um, we went on a hunting trip and I learned the code to his gun safe. Um, it was a thousand pound gun safe full of every rifle, Glock, 380 pistol, Ruger, anything you want was in that gun safe. Um, I guess it's a good and a bad growing up in Oklahoma. Obviously, I'm very familiar with how to load a gun um, and I'm very familiar with the different types. So, um i learned that that code to that gun safe um and i just thought you know this this could be good because i you know i was told nobody wants me i was told my career was dead i was told i'm a horrible person um uncaring um you know worthless i had a whole journal a whole thick journal page after page after page, um, of, of all the things that I need help on. Um, he, he drove me to a hospital one time and tried to check me into the mental ward of the hospital. I remember calling my mother. I was like, I think he's taking me to a mental hospital. She's like, why? And I, I I couldn't answer that. I I don't know. I I guess I'm crazy. I guess, you know, the gaslighting, you believe it. It's it's a real, real thing. Um, I really thought I was crazy, so I, I signed myself in. He was in the waiting room, just talking on the phone, texting, doing whatever. And I went back for my eval, and I was back there for a really long time. And the lady looked at me, and she's like, "You're not crazy. You're broken. You're hurt." And. He goes, go, I'm going to go in and get, is that your husband? I said, no, it's, it's my, my boyfriend. She said, I'm going to go get him right now. She was a lovely woman. She went and got him and brought him in. And he's like, I think we need to put on some meds. And, um, she looked at him and she said, this, this woman doesn't need meds. She needs away from you. And he grabbed me by the arm, scratched my arm off and away we went. And that's when I just didn't want to be. In this world anymore, I just thought, am I crazy? Am I not crazy? I mean, I used to have a good hat on my shoulders. I was independent. You know, I was traveling the country, meeting all these wonderful people from all these walks of life. Um, it's, you know, it, it gets into your head and I think the, the torment, not only that other people can do to you, but the torment that you do within yourself, right? It's, it's almost like, you know what's the scripture satan you know walks around looking for the next person to devour and he couldn't get me through my talent or my you know my um my career but boy once that door opened to my weakness my insecurities um it was just it, it sucked everything out of me so at this point i've been contemplating you know how do i escape this place i i don't have a dad He's gone in heaven. Um, I forgot this whole part. <laughs> my papa, my stepfather, wonderful man, ex-Roman Catholic, by the way, met my mom. Um, we got him away from that. Um, VP of a hospital, the lab, had a head injury and um, had a bilateral craniotomy. So then I had a s- stepfather that was basically mush. Um, loved my mom dearly, but my mom had her own issues to deal with. Um Friends in the entertainment industry worry about their entertainment industry. It's very few and far between um, people that actually really care enough. Um, didn't have a lot of Christian friends, so I didn't mention that, right? So it's all about the therapy, the medication. Take this drug. Be on these pills. Oh, use this to sleep. Okay, okay. At this point, I'm like flooding myself with, you know, you start on, on melatonin and then, you think you're nuts. You're going to go to the doctor for, I don't even remember what the name of it was. was. I don't take medicine. It, it makes me cuckoo for Coke Puffs. So <laughs> talk about making somebody cuckoo. Medicine makes me cuckoo. If you need it, that's great. But at that point I was on so much mix, mush of stuff that it was just making me cuckoo. So, um, so at that point, um, the, I call them toys or, the, you know, the, the weapons of choice started to come to play. Um, there was a point where I would come home and and this man would be in a complete rage because I, you know, didn't get accepted into the hospital. Um, so then he's like, you're going to therapy. I know the perfect person. They're coming to get you. It was at a church, brothers. It was at a church. I don't even know what this man was. He was not a pastor. It. He wanted my money. He wanted that check signed. It was a horrible feeling. You know that that thing called discernment. um, It just really came into play. I was like, this. This feels awkward. This is not. This is not for me. But it was adamant that I go. Because if I didn't go, I would have the wrath of this man when I got home. So I would go and sit through the sessions. Um, This is when. I wasn't eating. My hair was coming out in globs, just falling out. Um, I don't know. I would go wear the same outfit for a week. I was just so, I think, down, depressed, broken, whatever you want to call it. So um, I was, you know, told you're going to go back and see, uh, we'll call him Sam. You're going to go back and see Sam at the church for therapy. I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. He went to the gun safe. And, um, he, you know, pointed the the gun at me and said, this is, this is, I'm, I'm going to, you know, blow your head off unless you go to therapy. And we had a huge, um, breakdown at that point. He left the house. I went into the gun safe. I got the gun out. At this point, I looked up and I, and he looked at me and he said, you need Jesus because he's in seminary, right? So he leaves. I remember standing in the kitchen. I'm um, in my robe at this point and I have the Glock on the counter. And I look up and I'm like, I, what do you want from me? Like, why? What do you want from me? Like, what? And I start hitting the counter. All of a sudden, I hit one of those trinket trays. I don't know what you guys call them. They, they're they loose change and keys. You just kind of chuck them as you come in the door. I slammed my hand down. I was like, what do you want from me? Like, I want to kill myself right now. And I, pull, I felt something pinch. I pulled my hand up, and this golf tee was stuck just like this in the middle of my palm. It was a single golf tee. And the only thing I can tell you is a flashback of I knew that Jesus was nailed to the cross. And that is when I knew the Lord was telling me, I get emotional talking about it to come back to him. Um, he was there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I remember looking at that thing and it it wasn't coming out. I was playing with my hand and I was processing everything and this overwhelming adrenaline came over me from like my toes all the way up. It was this huggy, snuggy feeling of you are loved. I am here. I am what you need. And that's when I fell to my knees and I prayed and I said, I need you. I need you in my heart. Don't leave me. I need you to get me out of this. I can't do it. Nobody can help me. You're the only one that can save me. Um, And so I pulled the golf tee out. There was a little speckle of blood. I don't even play golf, by the way. So that was what was so ironic. I'm like, you could have used a tap shoe or a ballet shoe, but, um, use a little golf tee to pull me back in. And my life has changed ever since then. I, I got out of that, right? I, I had the strength. I don't know how I was 102 pounds. I was, you know, half bald at this point. I had nobody, no career, anything. He got me through. I, I don't, I don't even remember how I did it, but. I drove home to Oklahoma. I needed three months to get myself together. I started with the four gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The the four gospels changed my life. The, the best love story you can ever read, right? Amen. And things just started, it was like, you know, the clouds opened and the clear path opened up for me. And this adrenaline and love and acceptance and my appetite came back, like things were jamming. And I, I mean, I bawled for two months straight, just reading those gospels. And it's so amazing how the Lord works because then you start craving it. I, I love when I tell people, boy, you know, you're on the right track when you start craving more, right? You're reading these gospels and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to Acts and I'm going to go to Romans. And, and then I'm, you know, researching and that's, it it just starts coming to you. You start praying, like, show me the truth. What do you want? Like, what do you want me to see? Have my ears open, have my eyes open, um, protect me, get this blanket of protection over me. And that is exactly what he did. And I mean, I drove 10, 12 hours. I packed my stuff. I went back to Vegas. I got, you know, I put a roof over my own head. I got my friends back. He was just slowly just putting the pieces back together. And wow. he was there all along and he, just, he needed to stab me to say, Hey, I'm right here. Hello. You know, so,
0: so you didn't have to go to the hospital or the ER room that this wasn't that bad where you had a, no, no. yeah, you had to go to the ER. Okay. Good. So it was, was, it, say, it was a, right.
5: it was a little wake up call. Like just, yeah. just look up. Like I, I died for you. Like I'm here. That's I, will, a, I will help you.
0: That's incredible yeah. how he, you know, how that came back to remembrance by that happening Uh right there. Right. I mean, Uh just thinking about that, you know, I mean, the Lord works in mysterious ways, different ways for different people, but for Uh you, it was, um, you know, at that point where this, this golf tee was stuck in Uh your your palm, it just, it, it triggered something Uh for you and it went right back to the Lord. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure there are different people who have different, uh, you know, things that happen in their lives mm-hmm. that act as a trigger that bring them back. I mean, sometimes, you know, it, it could just be a word. It could just be something that they see on the, the side of the road. Uh, for you, it was it was different. It was this. It was, uh, uh, you know, golf tee being stuck in your palm. Uh, uh, that is interesting. I, I have to say, that's the first time I've heard something like that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean... I didn't want to cut you off, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're for okay. sake of time too. Um, I, you know, if you could, uh, yeah, if you could let us know is, uh, if we could wrap that up, I appreciate it. And we mm-hmm. can, we can discuss a little bit more about what you were talking about and, and get more into, uh, what we were going to discuss today. So, um, go ahead
6: John. go ahead.
5: No, that, that was, that was basically that that's just when, um, you know, I turned, I, I, I just, you know, my my biggest takeaway from that whole situation is you think this is the worst time of my life. But looking back, it was the best time of my life. I think you have to fall flat on your face where you are just so empty for him to call you back. Like that eight-year-old little girl, that 10-year-old little girl, like I learned something, but that golf tee being stuck, it was the flash. It was the flash of, of Sunday school with him hanging on a cross. Like he did that for me. Like I'm here. I'm, I will help you out of this mess. And he did. And if you just believe and put your faith and trust all in him, he will pave the way. And I did not know what that meant. I was looking for career acceptance, validation, a boyfriend, girlfriends, like parents even No, it's him above. And that was my my greatest takeaway. And it changed my life forever. And I, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful. And now I have a personal relationship with him. I talk to him all the time. I probably drive him nuts sometimes. I talk to him in my car. I talk to him on the couch before bed, like all of it. And um, you're getting anyways, into the word
0: more. You find yourself getting into the word more, right? And uh, I do. Uh, yeah. I do. Good.
5: I read it. I'm understanding good, good. it. I pray for that sermon And yeah. um, it's it's changed my life.
0: So, awesome. Yeah. God is amazing. God is yeah. good. Um so yeah we know that you've been through an abusive relationship there are some other people out there who probably are still going through one so i do have this uh information here for your, for those who are uh in the united states if you are going through a an abusive relationship right now um you can take a look at this uh this is the hotline.org and uh they do have a number 800 799 7233 um, if you are going through this right now, we're going to lift, you know, we will lift you up in prayer. We lift all of these people up in prayer going through something like this. This is a lot of torment. You're going through turmoil. You've lived through it. Uh, and um, for those who, you know, we, we do broadcast internationally. So here's another website address. Um, I know it's long, but this is actually what I could find through Wikipedia. Uh, there's a list of domestic violence hotlines and that's all through uh, the inti- uh the world. So, um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Sean, for, for your testimony. Appreciate thank it. You. Gentlemen, if you have any uh, comments about uh, what you heard, uh, I, I'm especially interested in that, uh, that big being that you saw, that black dark being, oh. I think that was more of a, um, uh shadow of darkness, right? Uh, the, uh Shadow of darkness that we uh, we, we should oh, not yeah. fear.
1: I've seen that thing in my right. house before, twice. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Actually, my, my mother in law saw it. Actually, remember I told you guys that story when I was at my mother in law's house. We stayed the night over there, and it's funny because she just put up Christmas de- uh, not Christmas uh, Halloween decorations that yeah. day. Yeah. So we're in the house. And I just get done praying over my son. Well, first of all, she sees this big, huge black mass go past her bedroom door to the other room. She thought it was me. I was downstairs watching TV. Okay. So later on that night, I was upstairs and I prayed over my family before we went to sleep. And I prayed in Jesus' name. As soon as I said that name, that Mm -hmm. thing. Flew out of that door, and my son was sitting downstairs before he came up, so I was playing with everybody else. But he was sitting downstairs, and he saw something jump off the staircase, whipped around the house, went around the house, and knocked stuff off the counter, and then went out the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big black mass, you know, whatever it is, demonic. They're probably, you know, they're all the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. A couple things actually kind of stood out to me that's really interesting um the obviously the large black mass and um i'm not sure if you've seen any of the things that i've put out on my channel but uh one thing that i noticed after being born again i was i woke up in the middle of the night one night and there was actually three black cloaked figures standing at the end of my bed and they had no faces it was just dark and the hoods were down and they had real long sleeves you know and um i wasn't afraid though and now at times um i've seen a lot of crazy stuff in my life um, a lot of supernatural things from the time i was a child to you know now (laughs) you know but it's uh it's it's calmed down some in the regards of visual but when i seen that i was like i knew i knew it was real you know and um i knew they couldn't hurt me so i wasn't afraid of them i tried to wake my wife up but it was almost like they has some kind of weird power to keep her asleep. I know that sounds really strange, but uh another thing that I want to mention is how you were talking about the the golf tee. And um till this day I still I think it's so interesting because there's times, you know, when we're going about our day and or you're overhearing a conversation and I, I just I just know it's so special when the Lord speaks with us, you know, because He can use so many different ways to, to speak to us. And if we're just listening, you know, and there'll be a time when someone will say something or I'll hear something on the radio and I can't articulate it well enough. But I know you understand because of the golf tee, but it'll just resonate in my heart and my mind. It's like everything goes mute, you know, everything quiets down and it's just it just stands out and it's like, whoa. And it's just like almost like it's echoing through me, you know, and I'm like. This is something the Lord's trying to tell me right now, you know, and unless you've experienced it, it's hard to, to put it into words. But I totally, totally understand exactly what you meant.
5: Yeah, the uh, you know, the adrenaline yeah. alone, even yeah. um, and, and knowing was almost like I knew immediately to look up like I, I knew exactly what that meant. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't by accident. So I don't even oh, play okay. golf. yeah, Yeah.
2: it's so cool because before coming to the Lord, I have a it was a wild, wild ride because I I resisted hard and I'm not sure how many people have seen my testimony. But um, I, I, you know, like I told people, I gave Jonah a run for his money, you know, and um, (laughs) I was going into work and uh, this is what really started changing everything. There's a few pivotal moments. I think we can all look back at our testimonies and see that there's always a few Game-changing moments that you can see where the Lord starts really moving and working in your life that leads you to that point. But I'll never forget going into work. And, um, I was an IT system administrator, and we had these electronic locks that we just put on the building. And part of my job description was maintaining the database and troubleshooting any issues that would happen with these locks. Well, I came back. Well, I was coming back from lunch. My wife, she was dropping me off, and um, <laughs> she was like, "You know, I feel like the Lord." Cause she was already born again at this point. I was still just running like crazy, and she was like, "You know, I feel like the Lord. Uh, he he doesn't want you to work here." But I'm I was so puffed up with pride, man. I was like thinking to myself, I was like, "Sure, he doesn't. You just don't want me to make <laughs> all this money, you know?" <laughs> and so, you know, that's uh, that's my my mind at that point. So I was just being crazy about it and everything. Well, I went up to the back of the building and I touched, I slid my, my card in through the lock and I could hear the tumblers going, you know, and the lights changed colors and I touched the doorknob and I just felt and heard, I don't know how to explain this. A very stern, very frightening. No. And um, wow, it sent the fear of God into me like I've never experienced in my life. So I'm sitting here all analytically minded, you know, because my job as an IT guy, I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, maybe. And then suddenly this guy's coming back from lunch. And I was like, OK, uh, hey, go see if this door works. And I'm like, Haha, yeah, I got you now. You know, so he goes in the door and I was like, woohoo, you know, but I told him to stand on the other side of the door because i was like well let me let me double check and um so he's standing on the other side of the door and i slid the cord and you know the lights are changing goes to green i hear the tumblers it unlocks and i go to grab the doorknob and you know I, i i couldn't even move it you know and i'm a pretty big guy and i was like nah this is this is freaking me out man so i knocked on the door he opens it up and i go inside and my adrenaline's pumping so hard and I, I remember walking up to the elevator and I was like, Oh no, I ain't getting in that elevator. I was like, God's gonna send that thing crashing straight down. <laughs> you know, I was I was so freaked out. I've never experienced that kind of fear of the Lord like that. Well, I went upstairs, took the stairs, which is kinda silly. I usually tell people because I'm like, Well, if the Lord is really wanting to end me, you know, he could have just had me have a heart attack as I ran up the stairs. <laughs> But I sat down at my desk and I finished off the last thing for my, my boss. And I sat there and I sat there and I, I texted my wife and I was like, all right, I'm coming home. I just put, packed all my stuff. I had no plan. I had no backups for like financial or anything. And God has been just providing ever since then. He always raises a way. He always makes a way. And, but that was, that was a huge pivotal moment for me. But, uh, yeah, it's those moments, right? And it's so special because you can always look back and be like, no matter how much Satan wants to put the, the doubts into you or whatever happens in your life, you can look back at those moments and be like, yeah, there is no way that was anything other than God working in my life. And I think that's so encouraging to see it from Amen. your testimony.
3: You know, but that whole, uh you know, the the ministry, if you will, of the of the, of the adversary is to steal, to kill and to destroy Michael. And, um, it's, it's a pretty, uh, vivid, um, you know, Shannon's talking about the things that she went through and some of the things you went through and we all have, um, you know, he's, he, jesus christ came we might have life and have it more abundantly i mean there's no promise of anything easy Mm. being part of it i mean sometimes it can be very difficult but at the same time uh it's it's a when you get to the it's like the prodigal or the the story the in luke the forgiving father i call it but you know as we when he comes when you finally come to the end of your rope of your rope mm. it's time that you know you're gonna the the father is going to be is gonna be there waiting and he's not you know we've talked about this before he doesn't send mm. this he doesn't send the servant out for this for his children he goes out for his children amen. So you know that that's the thing that's that's so wonderful about it because it's a uh, you know I I mean with me it was just somebody asking me to go to a fellowship and I thought geez why would I want to go to a fellowship but there was <clears throat> it, it just was enough of a there's if you're a seeker if you're somebody who's really seeking the truth and you're watching this tonight if you have. If you wonder if there really is a one true and living God who who does answer prayers and and, uh, you know, will come into your heart and, you know, indwell your your life and cause you to to um, have a more abundant life and and just you have, you'll have a hope. That's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow afternoon on the on time, you know, the hope the believers hope. It's, it's, it's something that's, it just keeps you going. It's, um, it, it's, a you know, we, we all have struggles, but we, we don't, we don't give up. We just keep going. And, and another thing that's, that's, uh, so wonderful about, and I'm going to be quiet after this, is that we have each other, we have a family, you know, we have brothers and sisters and we can pray for each other, um. You know, I know that when I see these guys every week and I don't see them for a week, I pray for them every day. You know, kind of, I think about Kev, I pray for him. I think about Michael, I pray for him. I think about Bob and Greg, and now I'll have you to pray for. So, I mean, it's just, it's growing as we go along. And God is the one that is adding the increase. You know, we we don't, we're not adding any increase. What we're doing is we're trying to, We're trying to show people there is a, there's a real, there is a truth. There is a truth, you know, that will, can set you free. It's not something that was, that we made up. It's not some magical formula out there that David Copperfield came up with all his mirrors and smoke and all that stuff. No, it's just, there's a reality. This, this is real. And it's, um, you know, it's just great to see how. For for me, listening to uh, to her was just like. Uh, you know, there, there's been things in my life that have been. You know, I I have no. There's the only reason I'm still breathing is because of, the Lord Jesus Christ. Honestly, I, there's no I, how how I've made it this many years. And some of the some of the ridiculously stupid things that I did, and even you know, thinking you know, when you're young, you think you're indestructible. I, I'll tell you one thing. Let me let me tell you something. You're not indestructible. You're not. Uh, Jesus Christ laid down His life for you. You know, He didn't have to do that for the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross, you know, because of love. It's like Shannon was saying, the greatest love story in the history of the world is the love of God through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that doesn't bless your heart, then you need to get saved. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just... uh, I'm more thankful every day uh, that you know it's it's just just to be able to have a, a a hope is such a great thing, isn't it, Kevin? It's just it's you know and and, and we talk about this every week. We're just uh, we're just a group of guys that that are blessed and uh, these gentlemen that I have the privilege of being with, you know, they're. All, these guys are all the, wh- the whizzes with all the technical stuff, you know. I'm the I'm the wall guy. No, I'm not really a wall guy, <laughs> but but uh, I'm you know I'm just the uh, I'm the elder statesman of the group, I guess. So I don't know. I don't really know what I am. <laughs> well, I don't know. know. We're getting a lot of amens
0: in the amens in the chat on that one, yeah. uh, Bob. So I don't know. Yeah. But, anyway. Uh,
3: I want to thank you for your testimony. That, that was, uh, you know, and I know that's hard to talk about stuff like mm-hmm. that because when you're talking about that, that's, that's your life. It's right out there and people are looking at it going, well, why did you, how come mm-hmm. you didn't leave earlier? How come you didn't do this? But you see the timing of it was, you know, it's a hard to, hard to think back and think that this was, the way it should have been, but it when it came down to it with that golf tee, just the fact that you, you know, when you saw that, it just, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I did this, you know, yeah, for you, Oops. just think about it for, if you, if you think about that for a minute, that the, the, what, what the Lord Jesus Christ went through, if he just tried to put yourself in his place. It it just—if it doesn't humble you, you just—I don't even have words. Just I'm going. He did it for me, and when I was an enemy of his. Whoa, that's what I—that's who I want to serve. (laughs) Uh, It's—it's a no-brainer. After that, anyway, you're going to get me old. Oops, I'll hear it in a second. Kevin, <laughs> um, any comments um, on Kevin's uh, <laughs> uh, testimony?
6: <laughs> you know,
4: it's a, whenever I hear testimonies, I don't think I've ever heard one where someone was like, okay, and, and in that moment, I knew that Jesus was there and he was touching me and I came to him and then it got worse from there. That, I've never heard those yeah. words said after that. It's always... Mm-hmm. And that's when it turned around.
6: <laughs> Isn't
4: it amazing that, yeah. um, and I think that's gotta be some proof in itself. The fact that when people hit their bottom, I mean, you, you said, you know, hey, I, wanted, I saw this gun and I'm like, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time that we do this. And it's like, right at that moment, it just so happens that he comes to you. And, and it, it's not a coincidence. He does this all the time. <laughs> I mean, to, to, throughout history, you hear testimonies like, "When I was at my rock bottom, that's when he came to me." And because you probably because you you at that point you're calling out to him. You may not even physically be saying the words, but in your mind you're like, "I've got nothing left. What is there? What you know what?" What can save me? <laughs> and there is only one thing that can, and that's Christ Himself. And and so He takes that opportunity. He's like, okay, that's close enough. You're knocking, <laughs> and it's like I'm going to come right through that door. And uh, isn't it always amazing though that everyone's life turns around for the better after that, and not for the worse? They don't. you don't say. You know, hey, and that's when it got really bad and it got worse. And it's like, no, I mean, it's always just like if things turned around and I got better and it took a little bit of time, but slowly but surely I started getting better and I started getting into the word and I started reading it and I started getting fulfilled daily by those messages and I felt love and I felt peace. I mean, that's really what he's all about. And I think that this world people get sucked into it thinking that it's going to give them something, um, something back that's going to fulfill them. And it, it always disappoints, doesn't it? I mean, it, 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 there's only one thing that really fulfills you, and that's when you have his spirit in you, and then you go out into the world and you have a whole different perspective on what you're there for, you know? Um and I think that's that. That's just an, another amazing story. And we appreciate you coming on here and and saying that and sharing that. Because like uh, Robert said, it's not easy. You, I mean, it's like you're, it's it, you're like it's like you're living through it again when you're when you're saying it, you know. And you're like, I remember what how I felt, and I don't like that feeling. And I remember, it, but you got to tell it. And you're like living it back, and you're. It, It was like 45 minutes. It was like I was watching a Lifetime movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, because you could just see it. you know, you could just see. It's like, first I start here and then we moved to Vegas. And then you have the lights, the nightlife. And you're like, and then we moved to Seattle. And then you go to the coffee shop and this and that. And then it's Atlanta. And then you have like the housewives of Atlanta. And they got their kids in the bus. And you are just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I mean, it was like uh, it was when you were telling the story. I have a pretty good visual things uh, of, of when people talk, and I was like, just I had it all in my head. I was watching a movie. It's just a shame because it's so many people do go through the same thing. It's just and,
5: called being so lost. Yeah, being it's so like you lost. were just being led around. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah,
4: one way. One way. Yeah. And it was getting like not good to worse to like really bad mm-hmm. and then you know th- that's when you met jesus and i think that's the that's the best part of the whole story yeah.
3: is is the end one of my favorite the things that you said was you said you uh you said that you you pray and you 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 talk to him all the time now you almost mm-hmm. you probably drive him crazy when you mm-hmm. said that I that was cute mm-hmm. <laughs> i yeah, do he it's really like wants, you he, he you wants to
4: yeah, think, yeah you know. You've got years to make up, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. That is,
5: Kevin, you nailed that. That is <laughs> like, if I could go back and have done this, you know, twenty years ago, oh my right. gosh, I would be so spiritually mature. Like this is this is a new place for me, and I love it, and I adore it, and I crave it, and I hunger for it. But yeah, when the Lord is not the center leading your life, it, it can it can do terrible things, and that's how I felt—a a living disaster. And then now that he's the center of my decision making, of everything, everything that I do, and every day, I am at peace. I feel loved. I don't feel empty. It is like a new person. And you know, you think you're on top of the world, but if you don't have him as the center, your centerpiece, forget it. Trophies yeah, don't matter. I mean, Money looking here, matter.
4: You're looking there. You yeah. go down that road, and it's just—it's a dead end. And then you're like, <clears> okay, <throat> I'll try something else, and it's a dead end. And you never yeah. really get there, you know. It's obviously you're always still searching for that that destination, and then you know usually all those those other roads lead to the bottom.
6: Yeah. And
4: they, they, you know whatever way you take, whether through drugs or through you know drinking or through uh, you know being in an abusive relationship and basically just doing whatever someone tells you to do, or you know you know trying to find happiness and with money or with possessions or whatever it may be, they always lead to the same place. And you ultimately wind up in a place where you're like, I'm, I'm just not happy. I mean, I'm not satisfied with my life. And I, and, and some people go to the extreme where they say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to end it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's when Jesus comes and says, you don't, you don't need to die for yourself and, and, and end it. I, I died for you long ago. And I paid the price, and I, I've covered your sins. All you'd need to do is come to me, and yeah. uh, and I'm right here. So this is gonna, I'm gonna make it easy on you because I'm 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 your avenue out, and that's what. you yeah. it's, it's amazing that you were looking for that, right? You were like, "Give me a way out of this." You know, I want, I I I, don't, I can't do this by myself. I need help, and yeah. he was right there.
0: Shauna, I have to ask you do do you think there was a shift in this person's identity um in his persona after that incident uh seeing this leaf doing its unusual supernatural thing in the woods? Was there a shift after that
5: from him no
0: no, okay uh-uh. uh, it, I didn't know if you saw anything there i it just uh-uh. I, it just came to mind, but I didn't know if there happened to be a shift after no. seeing some supernatural event. Okay, I've yeah.
5: thought I've thought it to the ground. I'm like, what? What was yeah. that to this day? But it was wild. Yeah,
2: there's a, there, there's the a poem.
3: Bob. Story. There's like a that? poem, isn't it? Footprints in the sand. Oh yeah. You know the it one. Is. That's what I was yeah. thinking yeah. about when you said that. Because in the most difficult times of life, you know, uh, I, I don't know exactly how the poem goes. But yeah. There's you know there's two sets of footprints, and then all of a sudden there's just one, and that, that those are the times of life where the Lord carries us through, you know, I mean, we, when we, when we really have uh, extremely difficult things, and I mean, you were going through them there. That, yeah. that I believe that may have been a sign to, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't forgotten about you, you know, just,
6: mm-hmm.
3: you know, you're I, I'm going to take care of this, just hang in there type of thing. Or, uh, maybe I'm just, maybe it's sounding silly to even say it at this point, but at the, at the same time, the, uh, you know, it is a walk that we're on and it's, it's, you know, the outward man is, is, is every day. The outward man is decaying, but the inward man is being renewed daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a, it's not something that all of a sudden, Hey, you know, at my age, I'm totally renewed. I've got it, you know, <laughs> right you know i wish i was but i'm not but yeah. we, we we decide that we're gonna what, what are we gonna do um tomorrow are we going to um are we gonna live for ourselves or are we gonna um endeavor to follow the lord and to the to the best of our ability and heck we we all we all make mistakes and we all have things that are um you know, we struggle with, uh, yeah. but at the same time, we're, I think we're all endeavoring to uh, put him first and, you know, just having the fellowship too helps. Oh, that's yeah. another thing. It's very important that people have fellowship one with another with, with like-minded believers because it's not, this isn't a hot solo thing. <laughs> it doesn't work if you're out there trying to Trying to do it by yourself.
5: Amen. No, it's, uh, uh, nice. it's
3: it's just kind of like uh like Kevin says, it kind of recharges your batteries.
5: Yeah.
2: You know, Amen. I mean,
3: my battery's gotten kind of low this week. <laughs> oh I, <laughs> so, I ask, Michael helped recharge it the last time <laughs> I was on him. And were, yeah, and we, uh, had a, we had a great fellowship that uh we oh right. yeah, that was
2: awesome. Definitely gotta come oh, come, gotta come back. back. <laughs> yeah. There is a Romans three ten, eleven through ten that uh you had pulled up, I just kinda one thing that just kinda spoke into my spirit, right? The Lord was just kinda showing me something and uh just kinda wanted to share it. And one thing that we see a consistent pattern in all of our testimonies is that there's always this point of uh like a critical mass, right? Of it's always with the pressure cookers on, right. But it says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands and there's none who seeks after God. This is kind of hard, right? Because we have to realize that from the very beginning, we, we never wanted God to begin with, right? And we we have created all these, this tower, right, of idolatry, self-worship. And we pursued everything that we thought would be fulfilling to us in our life. And we created this. And the Lord allows this to happen, Right. And we created this huge babble, if you will. And um, once we reach the top and we realize that there's nothing there and it just leaves us emptiness, that allows it to just come crashing down. And when we hit that rock bottom that we talk about, that rock, right, the rock interesting how we talk about the rock bottom Jesus Christ is the rock he's the foundation so he has to tear down everything in your life to bring you back down to the foundation so he can start anew and have the new birth and be alive in him and let him be the one who guides and directs us through life and it's so interesting that how our general terms and verbiage like rock bottom comes into play because it's like wow you know In our subconscious, right? We all know it's all about Jesus. And it's so exciting because it's like, Lord, um, you know, thank you for allowing me to see that you are the only one. I searched. uh, There's a lyric to a song. I forget exactly how it goes, but I'll loosely paraphrase it. I searched the whole world to find out that my heart is yours.
3: And that's how I feel. Awesome. Good Good word, Michael. Good word.
0: All right. So, um. We have so many things going on right now, too. Uh, you, you know, signs in the heavens. Michael, you had something out recently. Um, Bob, I think you mentioned also you had posted a video. Uh, today was the solar eclipse, right, uh, In uh, over uh, Israel. Uh, so where okay. do you think we are right now, uh, gentlemen? And, you know, of course, uh, Shanna, you can feel free to chime in. But... It, it already passed uh, what are we looking at? Where are we going now with with all of this Bob with the uh, signs in the heavens could we be could we be on the brink now of the rapture happening any moment which we do believe we we are or are we waiting another uh, for another feast day
1: well the uh, according to uh, Jason's research it starts feast of Trump starts tomorrow. So that'll be tomorrow, and then we go. I'm going to actually put out a video this week. Uh Probably going to have, I'll probably do the dates again, do a chart again, so some people can follow it, you know. But, hey, we've been wrong before. I think it's a little late in the season, you know. I'm 50-50 on it. You know, I'm not totally convinced that. I think we were past the feast days. I'm 50-50, but, you know, he, he gave a really good testimony. He gave some really good data. So sure, what, we I'm 50/50 with it, but uh, the fact that everything that's happening right now, we're on the verge of a nuclear war, okay that we are uh, you know, I've watched this stuff all week long and there's so much data take in as just we are just on the verge of a nuclear war.
3: yeah, that's okay? right. So we don't have
1: seven years. Uh-huh. we don't have three years, okay, you have a a draconian, Carbon credit digital ID economic system launching shortly. And according to this system, you will, there will no longer be any money that you can trade with. Okay. You get carbon credits. And I went through the flow charts of these things. Okay. How much you can use. You can't even turn on the lights in your house. You can't even boil a hot dog without going over your carbon credits. Okay. So that's where we're heading right now. And not too, not too far future. So Jeez. the fact that we have this on the this on the horizon, and then we have the, um, the upcoming elections. Okay, we see everything that's happening there. I don't. I I think something has to happen. Uh, yeah. There cannot be a red wave. There can't be. No. They're no. too close. There. There's no way they're going to allow this to happen. I think we're going to see another uh, November uh, incident in like in 2020. It's like, okay, we vote for these guys, don't matter. We're going to put our people in. Shut up. Shut up, peasant. Get in line. Okay, that's what's going to happen. Okay, so as far as Rapture Resurrection, you know, I said, I put that video out where they're going to be meeting on top of Mount Sinai on November 13th, and that's where I think they're going to get that great delusion.
5: I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. Um, are you following that? Is it the COP 20-whatever meeting for the U.N.?
1: Oh, that's yeah, that's special. going to be a, uh, when they when they all meet together on top of the uh, Mount Sinai. All the religions, world religions, going to be televised worldwide. All right, Jeez. and they're going up there to receive revelation from God. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. like Elijah mm-hmm. did, just like uh, Moses did, just like our apostle Paul did. Okay, three times. All right, and now you got a fourth one going up there to get revelation. God, the Bible says God will send them a delusion. And here's the thing. When those when when God's wrath comes, that wrath, by the way, will only reinforce that delusion. Look what's happening to the Earth! Oh my goodness, we really got to get this carbon thing going, everybody. The Earth is mad at us. Mother Earth is mad at us. The Rapture Resurrection. Mother Earth. Here's a funny thing. I think what they're going to do with the Rapture Resurrection. Mother Earth is mad at the Christians. Mother Earth got rid of the Christians to help curb climate change.
3: <laughs> curb climate change. <laughs>
1: I'm serious. You know, like saying, you know, these Christians are not going to go along with it. And if you if you go through any of their documentation for Agenda 2030, there's not one mention of us being a part of it anywhere. Yeah. And they're the little New World Order thing that, 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 that they have coming. I'm okay oh, shucks. Yeah. So the yeah. Rapture Resurrection guys... <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I think i I here's one thing I'll close with this. The video I have coming out, I have a simple explanation of why we are still here and why this could still be Daniel's 70th week that we're in right now. And I'll reveal that in my video coming okay, up.
3: So that's what's called a tease when you're doing yeah. stuff. In, in broadcast, <laughs> Right, Bob. <laughs> Yeah,
4: <laughs> you're gonna have the nutcases come out of the woodwork on that video, so we better be careful about that one. Yeah, um, you, you know, Kevin,
3: uh, it's, it's, we work working it's, it's, overtime as the mod. Yeah, Kevin, it's Not really it's, it's really interesting because you know, no, no matter no matter what you say on on yeah. these uh, these times we're on Tuesday nights, uh, the information or the sharing or you know whatever we're doing. There's always seems to be, you know, and I'm not going to give these people any credit or any time, but there always seems to be people out there that are, that want to um, read into what you're saying. You know, they, uh, you know, uh, Greg and I were talking about this this past Sunday, you know, how I've never, I've never heard you ever set a date as far as the rapture, ever and all the time I've known you I never you've never said that if you if you were to come on here and say it's going to be November 14th uh, and that's the day it's going to happen and absolutely you know the lord showed me then I then I would know there's something wrong or, or if kev came on here but kevin you have the date of the rapture don't you <laughs> yeah now wait a second he'll tell you when's it going to happen
4: yeah, it's on the, day of the, rapture.
3: It's on the I mean, day of the rapture. That's,
4: I mean, that's all we really know. We know it's going to happen, though. We know it's a certain right. And we know that one of these days that we're going to be caught up. We are going. To, we know that the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we're going to be caught up. Yeah. I mean, that that is a certainty. That is absolutely going to happen one day. And if you sit there and say, no, it dollars. can't happen this day or it can't happen yeah. that day, because you get people say that, well, it certainly can't happen on that day. Well, why not? Are you God? Did you decide that? I mean, you don't know. So mm-hmm. to say that it's going to happen on one day, and to say that it absolutely is not going to happen on another day, those are the same things to me. Those are the same mentality. It's like you, you don't know, you don't know, and you don't want to be caught unaware. Yeah, we're supposed, live,
3: we're supposed to live, Michael. So just we're we're supposed to live each day like it's going to happen that day. Yeah, right? be, be ready. Amen. To be ready with an answer, right? Just then say it in a word. If someone asks us why we have the hope, yeah, blessed hope. Be ready
2: in season and out of season, right? Yeah, exactly.
4: I mean, if someone's telling you it's not this season, well, you know not to listen to them anymore. Mm
6: -hmm. (laughs) And
4: if someone's telling you the Lord told me it's this day, you know not to listen to them anymore. (laughs) I mean, what I like to, to listen to is the people that have the balance between the two that are like, you know what? <laughs> Things are looking really interesting around this time. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I think that a lot of people like to watch Bob's channels because he's like this forecaster, end time analyst who's like, yeah. you know, it's like the, the wind's blowing. So, you you know, you better, you better watch out for the clouds coming. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. And it's like, you know, um, but Bob doesn't go out there and go, and by the way, the rapture is coming up on the twelfth this year, and uh, you know mm-hmm. I've decided to uh, sell everything, and you should do it too. <laughs> and if you want to sell everything and give all your money to me, I'm more than yeah.
6: happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, so that's your thousand dollar seed. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. So I think yeah. you got
4: to have a balance, right? You got to mm-hmm. You got to be be ready, but at the same time. You also don't 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 want to be sitting in a corner waiting for it to happen. You got to be out there. We got to run this race to the finish. I mean, when this day happens, you want to be out there in the fields, uh, you know, getting people to Christ. You want to be, you know, exhorting your fellow brother and not beating them up. You want to be fellowshipping with one with one another all the more as we see the day approaching. That's exactly what we're what we're going to be doing. And when we seem like that and when when Jesus sees us there and we're, we're doing that and the rapture happens, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He's going to say, you're not the evil servant hiding in the corners, sticking your talent underground and saying, I know you're a tough master. So I'm just, I'm trying to bide my time and just get there. No, we're supposed to be out there and you know what, what, what can men do to us? What can men do to us? I mean, the the fear that we have is the fear of the second death. And that fear is crushed 2000 years ago. It is gone. Oh, death. Where is your sting? Where's your victory? It's not there. Death has no victory over us whatsoever. So what can man do to
0: us?
3: One thing, one thing just, just came into my heart just a second ago was it, don't, don't ever stop praying for your, your family, the, your, the family members you have that aren't safe. Don't, don't ever stop doing that. You know, uh, we're to be, uh, you know, instant in prayer. It says in the word, um, there's members of my extended family. Uh, I've got a a younger son that I haven't even spoken to in over four and a half years. I pray for him every day. Um, you just, we don't, we, we don't ever, you know, I I know how every, I know everybody feels the same way here. You know, we just continue to, you know, there's people, we, when you have, when you think of a certain individual during the course of the day, if, if their name comes up in your mind, I believe that's the Lord wanting you to pray for them. Don't try to figure out why you're thinking about them, just pray for them. It's a lot easier to do that, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you think, Michael? It's just a whole lot easier to to do it that yeah. way because you know when I think about you guys, that's what I do. I don't I don't know everything that's going on in Kevin's life or Bob's or Greg's or yours or or, or Shanna's, but I can still I can still pray for you. And God knows what's going on, but we can't um, we can't sit here and try to try to figure all this stuff out. You know, why don't we just Rest in the Lord, uh, Amen. At birth. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. The, the mm-hmm. staying your mind on him is 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 keeping the the pure thoughts of the Word in your mind, and it's it's a battle. You know, it's it's not. It, this isn't like it's isn't like uh, you know. It's not, well, everything's going to be smooth from this day on. No. but it's it's going to be a whole lot better you know it's like yep. he said you know you get you get born again of the spirit of god and all of a sudden everything goes down the other way now it starts to build you know you're once you hit that rock bottom it starts to you know the foundation is there um jesus you know is the foundation he's yep. the he's the rock he's the you know the stone that was said at naught, but look at what he accomplished. And he continues to accomplish it too. His ministry didn't stop when he ascended upon high. He didn't get up there and say, well, I've done enough. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. It is finished and I'm going to take a break for a couple thousand years now. No, yeah. no. If he would have done that, Hagen would have never made it. <laughs> no yeah. No way. So, anyway, I'm, I'm blessed. This
2: oh, yeah. No, I mean, I totally, totally agree with you. And um, the warfare is real. And um, that's something I've been talking about a little bit on the channel. It's just to try to talk to people because uh, a lot of times people don't really want to talk about the things that are going on in their life because it seems extreme to us. Right. And when we get isolated in our thoughts, that's when the enemy can really start trying to go crazy and those fiery darts start launching. And the last thing he wants us to do is to communicate and to be transparent, you know, and share these things with each other because then we can exhort each other, edify each other and pray for one another And that's something that he does not want to happen. And, you know, there's times when you'll just be going throughout your day and you'll just feel this this sudden wave, you know, for me, like I started noticing things like I'll start feeling like unsettled. Right. And um, I I since now realize that that's the Lord telling me, like, hey, stop what you're doing. Go pray. And um, I just I'm not going to say, guys, I'm always faithful to do that. Lord, forgive me. All right. I'm being honest. But I regret it every single time that I don't, because something happens and I'm like, "Oh Lord, you were trying to warn me about this, you know?" And then here I am, just like, "No, you know what I'm doing is more important <laughs> right now." But um, yeah, you know, we're all going through it, and it's so awesome to be able to have all you guys here today and to be able to share and and witness the testimonies because you know. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's hard. Like Kevin was talking about, it's hard to talk about these things. Sure. But as you talk about it, it just brings that gratitude coming right back because it's like, wow, I remember. You know, the Lord's always like, remember, remember. And when you remember, it's like, you know, your heart just starts swelling up and you start feeling all the holy spirit love you know and you're like oh man god no wonder why you tell me to remember because no matter in my darkest moments when i can look back to those times it 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 just all seemingly fades away and we enter back into that peace that surpasses all understanding it's like lord you never left me you never forsook me in the midst of the craziest most heinous things that you guys will never probably hear me utter about my testimony you know just, and you never left me there. You know, you never forsook me there. You could have allowed me to, to perish several times in my life, you know, but you didn't. And I think that's so awesome. And it's such a blessing to hear your testimony. John I just want to say that.
5: Thanks. Thanks so much. It was, um, you know, I've been praying lately, um, trying to get the word out. You know, we're living in really tough times right now. And I really needed that boost to just get it out so I can build confidence, right? It's that that Bible, his word, it's just all we need. I didn't realize it. It's sitting on my table for years, like, okay, whatever. The minute you start opening it, it's everything we need to know. Future, present, all of it. It's unbelievable. I wish I would have been doing this, you know, 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> I feel like I'd be the nope. smartest person in the world, but Yeah.
3: Yeah, You know that, that thing that uh, the intro that Greg had on there with the uh, uh, mm. Peter was walking out to the Lord on the water. And he started to go down because he saw the tempest around him. And then, you know, Jesus reached down, lifted him up. But, you know, they both walked back to the boat on the water. Good point. So so that's that's the thing you know it's it's not where you you know it's not in the falling you know it's the getting up yeah you know, every every time we have a setback what are we going to do you know it's um, we should be we should be stronger through these things we're not going to ever be tempted above what we can handle although there's times when you wonder about that but uh, at the same time, there's just you know it. It says the Lord is faithful. He is willing, and he's he's faithful, and he's able to to bring these things to pass. Um, so many times, it's just uh, the timing. It may not be our timing. In fact, most of the time, it isn't our timing. But you know, he he's he's the one that's. Decides. It's not that we sit around and wait for a printout on a computer. This is what you're going to do today. That doesn't work that way. But as you as you walk, you know, you get the. You know, he'll, uh, he'll give you, if you will, the downloads because, uh, you know, I know, I know when uh, Bob doesn't uh, all of a sudden get this printout from the Lord on a Monday morning. This is the this is the video I want you to do this week. At least I don't think you do, Bob. Who knows? You might have connections <laughs> like that with him. But <laughs> I'm not being facetious. I know how much work goes into those things. But at the same time, you know, when you're when you're doing uh, when you're doing these things, you 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 want to you know, why are we doing them? So that who gets the glory? So God gets the glory. You know, who gets the glory when somebody watches any? thing that's holding forth the word and it brings people back to a knowledge of the truth because God's will is to all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. It's always Amen. him. And if that's the reason for it, then it's going to continue to work. Amen. If, if there's any other reason, it'll fail. I I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going to be able to make it. We're not going to be able to make it succeed you know, no matter how smart we think we might be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's why I always thought in, uh, first John, you know, when it says that, uh, if they were of us, they would have continued with us. Right. right. It's, it's like, it's what you're saying. You know, you can, you can't fake it. <laughs> Only God by his power can get us from beginning to end. It's all him, you know? And, um, I think that's why you. I mean, it can be dicey talking about stuff like that, but, uh, I've come to realize what the Lord has showed me. It's like, man, if you don't have His Spirit, you know, because what is it saying? Uh, I think it's Zechariah, right? Where He says, "Not by might nor by strength, but by your Spirit," says the Lord of Hosts. I mean, that's that's the absolute truth, you know. If if it were up to us, guys, I would already be lost in the sauce, you know. Long
3: and be like <laughs> I probably would have, you know,
2: woke up the next day and already been gone, you know. It, that's, lost that's how, in the sauce
6: yeah
3: yeah the sayings of Michael Pells lost the <laughs> that's pretty good man I like that that's
4: There's great. somebody in the chat room Sh- uh Shannon, that wants to know more about how did you like you finished your story but I think they want to know like what did what did you do to get out?
5: uh prayed that's what I did. I prayed I prayed hard I actually went to a I actually went to a church parking lot with my car packed to the brim. And I cried and I prayed. I must have talked to the Lord ten hours all the way home. Give me strength, right? So that's what I did. And I mean, the next day I spent the night at home. The next day I opened that Bible straight through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just gave it all to Him.
4: So and you were that's how you were you were immediately motivated immediately immediately I mean, you didn't I, hesitate you weren't like let me go back and get my coat you were like well I'll, uh, yeah you were like i will go back and get my coat but i'll get everything and i'll put it all in the car and i'm gonna drive
5: well i will t- i will say it's funny how the lord works he has a real good sense of humor sometimes
6: yeah i
5: did have to put i put some stuff in storage but at, at that point they're things right yeah i think we obsess over things at that point, I was like, this is a, a human life we're talking about. Like, I'll get it later. But yes, the rest went in the car and I went on a straight pack and I said, he'll let me know what I need to do, the right. instructions. So yeah.
6: So
4: you basically just um, took that as a calling to get yeah. out of Dodge and you got out.
5: Yeah, I just had to give it to him. I just, I kept saying, guide me, help me just out of desperation. Like, show me the path. What do I do? every step of the way. And I didn't focus on calling my family or calling a friend. It was just laser beam focused on the Lord and trying to listen to that inner voice. Like what is, what is it that he needs me to do? Um, I, he was my strength. He was, as we say, the rock, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I just gave it all to him. So you didn't even use yeah.
4: your, uh, your phone, a friend. Um... <laughs>
5: Didn't use my phone, a friend. You didn't use your phone, a friend. Actually, I phoned you a friend went. upstairs, but yeah, well, of
4: course, but um, but you just trusted yeah. that that mm-hmm. the Lord was going to take care of things, and um, and He did as you, as usual. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, well, course. yeah, so that's the, that's so that's that's the key, right? You get you get to the bottom, and then you start praying, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, the doors start opening, don't they? And then you start getting clarity on what you need to do. And then you you hear his voice calling you to do something and then you obey it. And then guess what? Your paths all of a sudden start to become straight, don't they?
5: Yeah, I hey. love what you said about the door started opening because it's, it's yeah. really, that's a real thing. Like when the Lord works, when he moves, he moves it. Like it's unbelievable. If you're aware and you were just focused and take like, it's like Michael said earlier about sometimes I do it, and I mean we all do that, right? It's everyday life. But when you take that path, when yeah. he's talking to you, it, it's so rewarding. He'll get you out of any catastrophe. Any, it's like
4: you crack the door open he just breaks. slightly, and then he was like right there, you know? He was, I mean, yeah. it, that. But that's what he does. He he he's he's right there at the door waiting, and all you have to do is just you know bear just just barely call out his name and, and mm-hmm. he's, he's there. It's amazing. He's, well, and he he's, he's faith, need, so faithful. So. Yeah. He knows what you need. Yeah, He's mm-hmm. going to be able to give you peace immediately. I mean, just, once all again, we just
0: have to just change. <laughs> everything
4: changes and it's like, you can't even imagine the change until it actually happens. And then you're like, wow, why didn't I do this? Uh, 10 mm-hmm. years ago? <laughs> why did mm-hmm. it take me so long? You know? You Why know, it took a
5: lifetime movie to to get mm-hmm. me there.
4: Right? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's apparently what you needed.
1: So, um, but you, you know, Jenna, I think it's a great. Um, I think uh, I like the 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 contrast between you and that guy you were with, because the contrast was this guy was going to seminary school.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, he's supposed to be a holy man of God, right? Well, we got a whole bunch of guys that went to seminary school, and they're, they're still not saved and still going to hell, and many of them are in hell today. Okay, just because you're going to seminary school, that don't mean nothing. Okay, and this is what the Bible talks about. Those who they have a form of righteousness, our apostle Paul said, they have a form of righteousness, but they denied the power thereof of the Holy Spirit. See, you were born again, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, and the Greek sealed means to be closed and marked. All right, All right? that's why you saw, you saw such a huge change in yourself, because you were closed and you were marked for the resurrection. And the rapture, that changed, and you saw a manifestation of that change. This guy you were with, you didn't say what happened to him, but uh, I'm assuming, hopefully, he came to the Lord. But as far as, as far as what you talked about him, he wasn't saved at all, not even close. Okay, so he had a form of righteousness, he had a lot of knowledge. Okay, but still going to hell. Okay, do you, uh, do you know because you say you left him? Did he say, you never you never mentioned the fact, you know, how, how you guys split up, you know, anything like that, or you don't want to talk about it? Or Yeah,
5: no, it's, it's not anything. I mean, it's just, I, you know, I don't, honestly, I'm not huge on, like, I don't have Facebook or anything, so I know mm-hmm. a lot of people communicate that way, but um, the only way I could, I should say, the only way the Lord told me to be done with it was just to pretty much block it and delete it, and just never look back, right? Because the road is always forward. The minute we start going backwards, I think things kind of draw you back in, and I didn't want that. I, I felt good about getting out of the situation. So to this day, I I mean, I have no idea. I'm so much better without it, and the Lord's guiding me. But, you know, I, I do know the enemy – he uses school systems. He uses seminary. He's getting into the churches. He's getting into these people, um, every day. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know what that was about, but you know, one I, I pray you- for him daily. I, I do. I, I mean, one you know, of the things
4: you said, um, kind of jumped out. At me, and that is that one time you were, you said that, does this guy even like me? Yeah. You know, and, um, I think at a certain point, people like that that they 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 forget about the affection that they can have for someone, and then they only strive for the control, and they only they only consider the control, they only focus on the control, and when there's no longer they're able to control at that point, then they lose all interest, and it just seems like that's. Possibly what happened because he, you know, like you said, he, all he was do- doing is like just berating you. Um, and he wasn't trying to lift you up in any way or like help you through it. It was just like just pushing you down, maybe to make himself feel better about things. But certainly when you, when you have, when you love someone, um, yeah, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be truthful with them. But at the same time, you're also gonna be. You know, empathetic to their situation, and and be like, yeah, I understand you don't know anybody here. What can we do about that together? You know, I want to help you, and it's like, no, no, I want to, I want to do this on my own. All right, well, I'm 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 willing to help you, but to 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 say that you know you you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, and just offer no no help or advice or anything like that, it just seems like the the person really doesn't doesn't really care about you at that point. And I think you questioned that. You were just like, why am I even in this relationship if this guy doesn't, doesn't even like me, you know?
5: Yeah. And I don't really think he really liked himself either. I think, um, mm-hmm. he was empty and, um, you know what I do pray for? I, I pray for those two little girls, um, you know, precious little peanuts and, you know, always one of the best for them, but gosh, he was, it was a mess. I pray for him.
4: Well, you you were you were probably put there. I mean, God always uses um, situations like that to at least get the most good out of it that He possibly can. And I would think that you probably had a pretty good influence on them in their life. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that you know, I guess you can walk away knowing that you he while he wasn't there, you were taking care mm-hmm. of him and showing mm-hmm. them, you know, what caring is all about. And yeah. so at least they got a piece of that,
5: right? Mm-hmm. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Robert had uh, to leave. Yeah, uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, should we do questions, Bob? A little, some questions. I think we have a few that have come in. Um, some pertaining to Shanna as well. She, some things directed toward her. Uh, but really? let's start with this one. Uh, wh- whomever wants to. You know, start with this. We will go, question, will we go before this new
1: monetary system? Mm, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
4: well, what we do know is we'll, we'll go before the ultimate last monetary system of the market. beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We know we'll be out of there before then. But yeah. before that time, there's a harlot that rides the beast. And uh, this harlot system... Um, you know, is, is, is during the tribulation, but there's this blurring period that we're in right now yeah. with the beginning of sorrow. So, I mean, we see the Harlot system really starting to rise up and they've got plans, don't they, Bob? They've got all kinds of plans. These, this digital currency plus biometrics is just out of this. It's literally out of this world. It is a supernatural uh, born thing. Uh, and not in a good way it is it is not good this is um this is not good stuff that you want to be melding uh you know micro technology and computer transhumanism into your body with uh you know with biometrics and and also determining what you can and buy and sell and so forth certainly leads directly into a mark of the beast system with worship and so forth so you can see the path they're taking I mean they're just they're 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 I don't even want to say the word. It starts with a G and ends with a with a with a, a rumor. <laughs> that's what they're doing. I mean it's it's the, the, the they're they're doing it and it's um and you can see it right in front of your face. If you have that discernment, you don't want any part of that, man. I just I, I can't even imagine like sticking something like that in, in my body and thinking that's a good thing.
2: Yeah. That is uh interesting. I think it's kinda funny too, because you know, like three, maybe even two years ago, I think we could probably with certainty, be like, oh no, no, yeah, that's coming <laughs> way after. But man, yeah. how have things changed? You know, but they
4: have it in their like. Bob read it. I mean, they have the text in their, mm. uh, oh, you know, yeah. in their policy. They're like, this is what it is, and yeah. they're not hiding it anymore. And, no, and all, the more they, they don't hide it, the closer you know that it is to reality,
6: right?
1: Yeah, yeah like they're not hiding nothing now at no. all. They have a whole green religion. They want to get a. Uh, I think, was it uh, Bill Gates called for the entire country to be carbon free? Well, I forgot whether by 2024 or something like that. Can you imagine this country being carbon free?
4: You know, Man, you won't be able to do
1: at- You can't even flush your toilet. These people are nuts.
4: <laughs> Bob, why doesn't that guy work cool. on blue screen free? I mean, now yeah. that would be something awesome. Like, if nobody ever got a blue screen anymore. That would be something else. I'd like that. Yeah. Why can't he work on that? He's never achieved that. That would be a good goal. He's worked on software for like 40 years. How about blue screen free Bill Gates? Let's go for that one first. And then right. you can, after you achieve that, then you can start talking about insects and let people decide whether or not they want to eat them or not. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, it just gets better and better every day. To my body, my choice. I want to put bugs <laughs> in it or I don't want to put bugs in it. I think I, could I should ship, be able to decide that.
0: I could ship him a bunch of cr- crickets if he, uh, if he can yeah. but Greg, you've Greg, I mean. you've got the
4: whole uh,
0: world in
4: your yeah. garage. I mean, it's unfair. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you, you can solve the the, the the famine crisis everywhere with those crickets. You've got so many
6: of them.
1: Uh, you know what, you know what really, really sucks is that this car- carbon credit system, you can already tell right now that even if you got into it, it's not going to do anything for you. Hardly anything for you. Okay? So why take the mark of the beast? I mean, I know why we won't take it, but anybody else. I thought, oh, I want to be able to pay for food and have my life back. You're not getting your life back. Okay? You're not getting anything. I mean, you're allowed to tr- to flick your light on off once a day. And you can flush your toilet once a day, maybe once every three days. So you'll be stuffing your toilet for like three days. And then you that flush it. I'm hoping you can flush it. <laughs> Greg, can you sit wrong on that one?
4: That does not sound good.
1: No, no. You know what doesn't sound good is this what's the question right here. This Messiah says, has anyone heard that the top rabbis in Israel are having secret meetings with their possible Messiah? I've been watching a lot about this guy. I wrote this guy off last year. Remember this dude? I
4: yeah, yeah, was yeah we about He's
1: drawing him. a lot of people. And he mm. memorized the whole Torah. How do you do that?
4: Yeah.
6: He
1: can well, it's, like the same,
4: it's like one of those guys who like memorized pi to like 1,500 mm. digits or something like that. How, how ridiculous. Mm. What a waste of time. I mean, sure, exactly. okay. Now, now, learning the word is, is one thing. But I'll bet you if you ask this guy some questions about it, I bet you he wouldn't even be able to answer some of these questions. He'd be like... Just like all all the other rabbis, like what Zeb Porat was talking about, it's like, oh, that that we don't know the answer to that. There's seventy different rabbis who have seventy different interpretations on it, so no one's really going to know. And it's just, like, and Zeb Porat was like, that's a whole bunch of junk. I I'm, I don't like that. That doesn't sound good to me. And so, you know, this guy hasn't turned away from that yet, and m- maybe he will. But uh, I mean, we talked. This is this the same guy we talked about a, a full year ago, Bob? And that we showed, yep. we showed him. Remember, Greg? We showed a video of this guy, and there were people around. And this is this the same guy? It, same old song and dance. I think right? it's
0: yeah. Same same type of premise, just different person. Is it the actual
4: same guy though as last year, or is it a different guy?
0: I believe it's a different person now.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, last year they were making a big fanfare about another dude.
0: So, I mean, Well, hey, listen. it shows that Jesus was, you know, telling us the Jesus was right. there will be many false prophets, <laughs> or you know, wow. many Christ. There will be many Christ. Yeah, people.
4: yeah, there. He's wait, he's over in the mountain. He's in the desert. No, he's there. You know, I mean, come on, these guys. He, a lot of these people, a lot of these groups have their candidate, right? Their Messiah.
1: Sad. Mm-hmm. I think this is for Shanna right here. Just questions yeah, for you. I
5: feel like God brought your sanity back after you got out. Um I don't ever think I lost my sanity per se. I think um God can can restore. So I just felt restored. I felt confident. I felt at peace. I know we've thrown that word around tonight, but I I don't think I was ever crazy. I just think that I was um You know, God wasn't the center of my life. So I, I just had that emptiness. And, um, but yes, to answer your question, I am fulfilled and I am at peace as long as I keep him the center of, of my everything. Um, there's nothing like it. He brings good people into your life. He will bring like-minded people. Um, that's actually how I found you guys. Um, I enjoy my Tuesday. I pray for you all weekly. I love this channel. I, it brings me joy. Um, but yes, he has completely restored my confidence in him. So I think
4: a lot of people pray for us because, um, I mean, they must that way because, because I'm telling you, we, 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 get a, we get a supernatural feeling uh, every week and uh, uh, a blessing. Um, we all, and Greg, we also have some type of protection that uh, is kind of unexplainable. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. So the power of prayer brings us together, keeps us together and keeps us on here. Yeah. And uh, we are, you know, we, we, we don't want to break the law. We don't want to break laws but we certainly um, don't want to lay down either. So we, we, we push boundaries, don't we? And it, um, I think we're, we're, we're getting pretty good at that after a couple of years. Now. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, we enjoy, we certainly enjoy being on and we, we enjoy having people like you on every, uh, you know, almost every week now with some new testimony and some amazing story to tell. It's, it's awesome how the Lord works differently through each person. It's, he is, yeah, so, he is so caring, so individualistic about every single person. He's like, I'm going to touch them this way. Oh, and this okay. person, no, I couldn't do that. i got to do it this way. And he just knows you to a T. <laughs> <laughs> to a T, <tea>, get
1: it? <laughs> I think we have time for one more tea. question here. Is it said, Bob, uh, Russia is preparing for a Chernobyl event. So there's a lot of things they're preparing for over there. This is going to be, I think it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I really do. But what happens between Russia and Ukraine, that's bringing us into it right now. You got Russia claiming that they're backed into a corner. You got Ukraine claiming that they're backed into a corner. And the answer to everybody's problems is a nuclear weapon. That's where we're at now. Ukraine says our only answer is a nuclear weapon. Russia's answer is like, our only answer is a nuclear weapon. Okay. They got their new secretary of defense that wants to blow the entire planet up.
6: So, yeah
1: yeah I think um and then uh, here's the thing too is uh if they start doing that that's gonna draw our troops in which our troops are already there okay so we're involved then it becomes a direct uh fight with Russia and that justifies them sending their missiles at us which will help these greenies out <clears throat> with their climate with their climate uh carbon credits and a, a nuclear war would certainly do the trick I oh, think yeah. Uh, it would really help the climate change thing. I think, uh, they even said that uh, a small nuclear war will be good for the climate. Uh, we can bring it down by 2.3 degrees globally, yeah. so it'll be nice. A <laughs> lot, that, lot less
4: think, meat though. being eaten, right? Yeah, a um, lot less uh, cow yeah, yes. farts and so forth. I yeah. mean, um, in addition to that, you've also got uh, this the people that are talking about those who want to de escalate the situation that that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it's totally upside down. It's like when you when don't talk about peace, Bob, because that's that's dangerous. That'll get you in trouble. Yeah, that...
6: Come on, man.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you try to talk about peace or anything like that. They don't they don't want it. No. Because you know, you got you got these elections coming up. They gotta do something. Okay. They need war. They need us in combat with these guys. That's why I think the rapture resurrection I've seen the dreams and visions. They sh- the rapture rev- resurrection takes place right about the beginning of the nuclear war. The nuclear war has something to do with it. Yeah, it's so the, the I like fact the- that we're at the edge you know, of the It's, uh, it's interesting and I, because real ahead, quick,
2: um, Psalms 120, verse 7, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. That just yeah. really jumped out at me when you were saying that. I'm sorry. I just oh, had to hell. say that.
4: That's a good, uh, yeah. There's I, lo- I love this time when we do questions, but uh, Greg, because you get all the crazy comments in, in the chat at the time. And it's like it's like the name of a new punk punk band, Cal Farts. You can totally see them doing that. No, it's like we're Cal Farts. And
1: then, <laughs> I wonder how many carbon credits you get for that.
4: Yeah. You
1: better, you better stay away from that bowl of beans and chili. You don't have a plenty, Sad. You can't you can't eat that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm here all week. Yeah, <laughs> I
4: mean, seriously. I mean, but you know what one thing you mentioned, Bob, is that there's not very much time left before this election. And the the, the there are people that are running scared right now and who knows what they're gonna do at this point just be on the lookout for any kind of false flag operation and do not get sucked into anything at this point. Just, you know, keep, keep your sanity like Shannon does. Keep your sanity. Don't, don't give in to, to craziness and, you know, exercise self-control because even if you get upset and mad or whatever, and they kind of try to drag you into something, don't get goaded into it. You know, have
2: Indeed. some self-control. No, Sit
5: back. Amen. <laughs> you know,
2: don't and don't t- be like me. Pray yeah. when God tells you to pray. All right. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, let so, so pray. Pray about things before you do anything. That's that's probably the best advice that anyone can give you at this point. If you feel like you're you need to rush off and do something, become an activist somehow or not. I would say pray about that first before you go into the fray because you live by the sword, you know what you're going to die by. So be careful because there, the the enemy will 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 stop at nothing to 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 exert their power over you, and you just simply cannot allow that to happen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, I think this is a good place to stop. But um, listen, I. Uh, Uh, Shannon, thank you for coming on to share your testimony. Um, I can't believe it's been two hours already. Amazing how quick time can go when, you know, when you're having fun. Um, But anyway, uh, this was a blessing to me. I hope it was a blessing to all of you. And um, let's see what happens. You know, we'll see if we're back next week. Lord willing, if we are. Hey, we're going to have another uptime. Okay. So with that, God bless you all.